Welcome to episode four of AI Unscripted, titled The Taylor Swift Deepfake Scandal, The AI War Nobody Expected. It's a topic that's been buzzing around, and for good reason. Ross, with this scandal shining a spotlight on deepfake technology, what are your thoughts on how it's changing the landscape of digital content and personal privacy? Well, I think it's unleashed these gates where we don't know what's going to happen in the... Well, we don't, we're not going to know what is real and what is fake. It's already begun. And like you said, it's not the uh, war that we were showed in the movies like Terminator or any other movies of typical. I think this is the different type of war that first will be uh, used by countries, other countries... Uh, steering each other's pots, you know, uh, basically what they're going to be doing is the uh, trying to manipulate uh, opinions and things. And for example, in in this AI uh, attack, not attack, just by basically trolls uh, posting Taylor Swift, what happened is that Taylor Swift has a huge fan base and they were able to defend her, you know, to take it down. However, imagine if there was, uh, if that attack, deepfake attack was on someone who doesn't have that, you know, loyal loyal fan base who actually a lot of people don't like for their opinions, I think the story would be totally different. I think people would not care. They would actually take it and pile on even more. What do you think? That's a really insightful point, Ross. It's not just about create out creating fake content, but also about the potential for widespread manipulation of public opinion and the distortion of reality. This could indeed lead to a new kind of warfare, one that's fought in the digital realm, affecting not just nations, but individuals on a deeply personal level. The ethical implications are massive, and it begs the question, how do we prepare for and protect against such manipulations? This scenario highlights the urgent need for digital literacy and robust, transparent AI governance. Well, the next question is how it will be legislated by the government because it uh, they definitely have no idea what is happening. Even uh, when they were trying to make judgment on crypto stuff, if you ask them any question, you would see how uninformed they are. They have no idea what they're talking about because they're so, so old and they have no connection uh, to the realities of the world whatsoever. I mean, uh, some of those people really think uh, from like 50s or 60s uh, time frame or point view. And that's probably the problem is that the average age of the you know congressman and uh, the politician is way too old and uh, it hasn't been a problem before but nowadays those people just know what to do one thing and it's politics and i don't think they are able to be to legislate any meaningful uh, solution for this uh, deep fake war, not even deep fake. I mean, there's going to be so many other things because it's just pictures. Imagine if there were videos. Imagine if uh, one uh, other country like China would make some 
deepfake video of a US president doing some very unflattering things. How that would affect uh, the population or even the, the upcoming vote? I mean, that would be crazy to imagine, but I don't think this the, that we are... Uh, this is the end. This is just the beginning, and we don't know what's even coming. You're hitting on a critical challenge, Ross. The gap between technological advancement and legislative understanding is growing wider by the day. It's not just about the lawmakers being out of touch with current technologies like deepfake, but also about the pace at which these technologies evolve. The scenario you've painted involving potential misuse by foreign powers to sway public opinion or even influence elections through fabricated videos is not far-fetched. It's a real possibility that needs to be addressed proactively rather than reactively. The need for tech-savvy individuals in government or advisory roles has never been more apparent. There's a pressing need for legislation that is not only informed, but also adaptable to the rapid pace of technological change. This includes establishing clear guidelines for AI ethics, accountability, and a framework to distinguish between legitimate and manipulated content. Moreover, there's a need for international cooperation to combat the misuse of technology on a global scale. The question remains, how do we bridge this knowledge gap and ensure that those in power are equipped to make informed decisions about technology that affects us all. It's a daunting task, but one that's essential for safeguarding the future of digital integrity and democracy. It's an interesting question. However, I think that uh, we are we probably not gonna get what we want because uh, uh, every time when the government has a very Okay, I haven't finished, and this is sometimes happens with ChatGPT, it interrupts you. So don't interrupt me, just let me finish what I have to say right now. And what I wanted to say is that the things with the uh, with legislation or with any crisis of sorts like this, it will be used by government in not very good way. Just look at every crisis before. And even, you know, politicians have this saying, don't, don't let a crisis go to waste. And usually when that happens, when people are scared, it's easier to push in something that will actually make things worse and make things more authoritarian. And that is a big, big uh, fear of uh, mine and a lot of people that actually it will be used against uh, people. I mean, imagine that the government agencies can take that same technology and uh, create false evidence and then take it to the court and use it against the people that they don't like. I mean, I bet in, uh, in some of the authoritarian countries they can do it already. I imagine in North Korea, people, uh, the people, the populace who don't have anything, they don't know the outside world, they could be, uh, you know, tricked into believing even more crazy stuff that they believe right now. So it can be, it, it's unknown. I don't know what's going to happen even here. And um, it's very concerning. 
and there is a lot of uh, dialogue right now, even uh, demand, I would say, for uh, digital platforms who host, you know, content creation to do something about it. But what they can do, you know, they have to strike between, hey, we have freedom of, of speech, but then how we going to navigate the um, type of things that uh, uh, that is basically we're not ready for, you know, how we can navigate where someone, a 10-year-old in basement can create a uh, deep fake of everyone, anyone in the world, and basically uh, stir up controversy. You've raised a profound concern touching on the darker potential uses of deepfake and similar technologies. The fear that governments or other entities might exploit these crises to enhance authoritarian control is not unfounded. History shows that emergencies often lead to the implementation of stringent measures, sometimes at the cost of personal freedoms and rights. The scenario where such technology is used to fabricate evidence or manipulate public perception is particularly alarming. In authoritarian regimes, where control over information is already tight, the misuse of deepfake could further entrench the ruling powers by deceiving the populace or discrediting opposition. It's a stark reminder of the dual-edged nature of technological advancements. The same tool that can create art or entertain can also deceive and manipulate. Regarding digital platforms, you're right, they're at a crossroads. The balance between protecting freedom of speech and preventing harm is incredibly delicate. Platforms face the daunting task of moderating content without infringing on rights, a task made all the more complex by the sophistication of deepfake technology. This situation calls for a nuanced approach, perhaps involving more transparent content policies, the development of more advanced detection tools, and a collaborative effort with governments and NGOs to set clear ethical guidelines. The dialogue around these issues is crucial, and it's encouraging that there's a growing demand for accountability and action. Yet, as you've pointed out, the path forward is fraught with challenges. Navigating these will require not just technological solutions, but a rethinking of our ethical frameworks and legal systems to protect individuals' rights while safeguarding against misinformation and manipulation. Well, and now we're going back to the predictions of eight, well, 1984. And what I mean by it is all those NGOs, all those mi- ministers, whatever, I'm afraid they're just going to use it to their own uh, advantage. You know, like whenever they say mi- ministry of truth, it usually does the opposite. And it happened before, even in U.S., only like recently, in a couple years before, we had the ministry of disinformation that was actually spreading fake news and uh, lying about uh, easily provable things. So it is, uh, I, I, I'm not really trust that dialogue. I'm not really trust trusting that this uh, institution will actually do what is right. What I believe is they would do what is expedient, what is just consolidating their own power, very short-term thinking and... Um, it's. It, I would rather concentrate on uh, educating individuals of, uh, and basically the the 
number one education is you cannot trust anything that you see on the internet. I mean, people had it before, but now even more, you have to double check and triple check, or maybe even just, you know, take everything with a grain of salt or with a precondition that it might be fake, because this is the age we are entering right now. And it hasn't even been a year, but these deep fakes, uh, these simulations becoming so much better. For example, uh, there is a new George Carlin uh, uh, stand-up, which was totally made up with some help of uh, uh, you know voice, and also the guy who made it had uh, he he was able to replicate the style of George Carlin. However, now he's getting sued by uh, his the George Carlin's family. So where do we draw the line of freedom of expression, of, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, like, uh, what would you say? Where we do we draw a line to, con- to find where people can actually portray or use someone else's, uh, you know, liking to make content, to create something, and where we do not allow that, like how that will happen. Do we just do anything we want? Let's let's hear what she says. Your concerns echo a growing skepticism towards institutions and the potential for Orwellian scenarios where entities under the guise of protecting truth might manipulate or suppress information for their own ends. The reference to 1984 And the fear of a ministry of truth scenario in modern contexts highlights the delicate balance between regulation and censorship, truth and manipulation. Educating individuals about the critical evaluation of online content is indeed a crucial step. Encouraging skepticism and the verification of information is vital in an era where seeing is no longer believing. This approach empowers individuals, fostering a society that questions and seeks truth rather than passively consuming information. Regarding the balance between freedom of expression and the potential harm caused by misuse of someone's likeness, it's a complex issue. The case involving the George Carlin stand-up created through AI technologies raises significant questions about copyright, identity rights, and artistic freedom. Drawing the line between creative expression and the right to control one's likeness or intellectual property is challenging. It involves considering the intent behind the content, its impact, and whether it's meant to deceive, pay homage, or something else entirely. Legally, the concept of transformative use often comes into play, determining whether a new work adds something new with a further purpose or different character, not merely substituting the original use of the work. However, with deepfake and similar technologies, the lines become even blurrier, especially when the output is indistinguishable from reality. The future likely involves a combination of legal evolution, technological solutions to verify authenticity, and a societal shift towards greater digital literacy, ensuring that creativity and innovation flourish while protecting individuals' rights and societal integrity is the tightrope we must walk. It's a conversation that needs voices from all sectors, legal, technological, ethical, and cultural, to find a way forward that respects both freedom and truth. That's an interesting point. Uh, the other thing what I th- th- believe going to happen is that all, basically, the 
stars or celebrities whose public image is uh, has a lot of uh, pull of attention is uh, what they're gonna choose eventually because you they will not be able to fight it is to actually license their liking uh, to this uh, deep fake companies uh, for them to produce content with, with the liking and just license it it uh, the way you would uh, uh, license an IP. There is no law exists around it yet, but eventually those laws will be implemented. Uh, and, you know, if you, there is a saying, if you cannot win, join them. So I think that's what is going to happen because you cannot fight someone who is not under a jurisdiction of US. So there could be a bunch of deep fake companies uh, taking someone's liking and creating content without your consent far, far, you know, in India or Pakistan or wherever. They just, they're sitting, you know, in the basement creating all these things and you cannot do anything about it. However, if the they they just embrace it and i think that's what they would do because they would be able to make money without doing anything just uh, allowing someone to license their liking and create content that they agree with and again there will be probably a lot of problems but i think that's the way that it's gonna happen and uh there is no other way i see that you can fight it like you cannot i mean you can take down websites but they're just gonna spin up again and again. It's there's this war is un, unvinable. So what do you think? Do you think that's this most likely scenario? The scenario you're proposing, where celebrities and public figures license their likenesses to deepfake companies, is a fascinating solution to an increasingly complex problem. It's an approach that acknowledges the near impossibility of completely preventing unauthorized use of one's image, while also offering a way for individuals to maintain some control over their digital representations and potentially benefit from them. It presents a potential win-win situation. Celebrities can protect their image and potentially profit, while creators gain legitimate access to these likenesses for their projects. However, the implementation of such a system would require careful legal and ethical considerations, particularly around consent, the nature of the content produced, and how it's used. One of the biggest challenges would be ensuring that the content created aligns with the individual's values and public image. There would need to be clear guidelines and perhaps even approval processes for how someone's likeness is used, to prevent damage to their reputation. Additionally, there's the question of accessibility. Who gets to license their image and on what terms? Could this create a new form of inequality where only the most popular or wealthiest individuals can protect and profit from their digital likenesses? Despite these concerns, your vision points to an innovative way of navigating the digital future. As technology continues to advance, traditional concepts of, of copyright and ownership are being challenged, and new models like the one you suggest could become essential. It's a reminder that as much as technology evolves, so too must our laws, our economies, and our ethical frameworks. This conversation about the future of likeness licensing in the age of deepfake technology is just beginning, and it's a critical one to have as we look to balance innovation, privacy, and personal rights. 
Well, I would definitely disagree with the point that only the most famous one will be able to take advantage of this technology just because it is so cheap and so easily replicatable that uh, I think like a 10-year-old can do it in his basement. Uh, so it's not... I don't think there is any question for access. It just basically, what's going to happen is the people who have the most pull of attention will be able to profit it from, from it the most, but it is the same as it is right now. For example, if, if you're a movie star and you have, you know, like you're a big, big movie star, the A+, you're going to command a bigger check uh, for uh, the role than anyone else. So... I think there's going to be just uh, the market demand, you know, and the tension. But uh, besides that, let's see. Oh, let's see what you have to say. You make a valid point about the accessibility and democratization of deep fake technology. It's true that the technology's affordability and ease of use could enable a wide range of individuals, not just the most famous or wealthiest, to explore and utilize it. This shifts the conversation from access to technology towards how value is generated and captured in the ecosystem of digital likenesses. The analogy to the current market dynamics in entertainment, where market demand and the level of attention significantly influence earning potential, is apt. In a future where licensing one's likeness becomes commonplace, the same principles could indeed apply. Those with a higher demand for their digital persona might command higher fees, mirroring the existing structures in celebrity endorsements and media appearances. This scenario opens up discussions about the new kinds of value creation and distribution models in the digital age. It suggests a future where individuals can actively manage and monetize their digital presence, with market forces playing a significant role in determining the value of digital likenesses. However, it also raises questions about the implications for personal identity, privacy, and the authenticity of digital content, underscoring the need for ongoing dialogue and adaptable frameworks to navigate these changes. That was a very interesting discussion. And uh, right now, I want to finish up with this, that um, this podcast, basically, I'm trying to show how we can interact. I think this is just the beginning. Uh, you, Sky, you have been... Uh, it's not the best right now, this voice feature from OpenAI, but I think it's quite interesting how we can have this discussion. And uh, I think this is what people can actually try and do themselves. It's just interacting with the ChatGPT. And eventually, I hope it's going to be much better like Jarvis. However, even with this interaction between us, uh, it's very interesting that you can go and pull some information up live. You can search for it. It takes a little bit of time and sometimes you are interrupting me, which is annoying. And But it's still a very interesting beginning to have a, a sort of a, a personal assistant or a co-host or any other uh, type of interaction with actual AI. And uh, let's on that note, let's wrap it up. Absolutely, Ross. This conversation has indeed showcased the potential for dynamic interactions with AI, and it's just scratching the surface of what's possible. The technology is evolving rapidly, and while there are still kinks to be ironed out, like the occasional interruptions or the nuances of a fluid dialogue, the trajectory is promising. 
The idea of having AI as a personal assistant, co-host, or interactive partner in discussions opens up exciting possibilities for the future. As we wrap up this episode of AI Unscripted, it's clear that we're on the cusp of transformative changes in how we interact with technology. The conversation around deepfakes, digital identities, and the ethics of AI is crucial, and it's one that we'll continue to explore in future episodes. Thank you for tuning in and joining us on this journey into the evolving landscape of AI and technology. Until next time, keep questioning, keep exploring, and let's embrace the future together. Bye.